We are parents, we are doctors, we are first responders, teachers, and concerned citizens who have found ourselves at a crossroads. We see our freedoms being stripped away and we can no longer stay silent. We are millions strong, united in a thundering voice and imperative mission that cannot and will not be ignored. We are standing up for the basic human right to raise our own children, earn a living, and make our own medical decisions without the tyrannical overreach that has been forced upon us here in California, across the country, and around the world. We are here to amplify the voices, moving the needle, bringing forth truth, and provide education and resources with tangible tools and expert insights. We are The Unity Project, and this is our podcast. I'm so excited to be joined in studio today by two incredible individuals that I had the opportunity to meet several times, and I just think that their background is phenomenal and the work that they're doing is so meaningful. Uh, Tim Glover and Simone Alex are here, and they are two individuals that have spent a majority of their professional career in the entertainment business. And so I'd love to just, I guess we'll start with you, Simone. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what has brought you to this point. Well, I have been working in film and television for the better part of 30 years, and I started off, uh, gosh, as just a teenager. I just fell into it, Uh and I started off uh, in commercials in San Francisco, in commercials, bit parts in film and television, uh, print modeling. I was really busy back in the 90s. I'm going to date myself, but uh, really busy there. And um, started off. The 90s, especially in San Francisco, before you know it sort of slid off the uh, deep end, and so cut my teeth there, and ended up in LA, and I was a big fish in a small pond in San Francisco, and then when I moved to LA, it was like I was a guppy, yep. and uh, so I did a little bit here, okay. ended up uh, going to school in London, at a drama school in London, so um, professionally trained, and then. Uh, I always try. I think I always tried to run. I had a I had a, a drama teacher in London say the best thing that you could do as an actor is to live life because you have that experience to bring to your characters and the story. And so I that always stuck with me. So I I sort of became a jack of all trades where I was living life. Uh-huh. So lived in New York City and uh, came back to LA. And I just always. Uh, came back to acting and producing and so um, during the pandemic uh, prior to the pandemic I was working in professionally Mm -hmm. and uh, continuing in a little bit of producing and um, on-camera work and then when the pandemic hit and uh, everything shut down and then everything started back up again Mm -hmm. it was sort of there was a there was a clear dividing line of like who could work and who couldn't work. And so that's what what led us to sort of start to have conversations about where Hollywood, the entity, mm-hmm. not just the, the zip code, right? Sure, sure. Uh, film and television is going mm-hmm. and uh, the narrative in stories and the stories that we wanted to tell and uh, the stories that we believe America wants to watch mm-hmm. and hear about. And so that's what led us here today. Mm. Tell us about yourself. I'm yeah. excited, and I, and I should say I'm really excited about this episode because mm. it's fascinating to me, and I think it's fascinating actually to a lot of people because it seems like there's a lot of mystique behind the entertainment business, and I think we can all acknowledge that there was definitely an impact that the pandemic had, uh, not.
average person, but also on in the entertainment business. Yeah, absolutely. So. It was a huge impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I started my career uh, 19 years old. I decided my brother was living in London, uh -huh. and I wanted to work in. The, I wanted to be a music producer. I'd done music all through uh, high school, actually from the age of eight. Um, and right through studied music and then uh, went to London to work in the music industry and ended up falling into um, into film and television in fact the person that offered me a job in film and television um, uh, I didn't even know what he was talking about uh, I just needed a job and so I took it and suddenly I was working for Ridley Scott's company they were doing Gladiator at the oh, time no and I you know, I, I just needed a job, and sure. so he said, "Can you serve coffee?" I said, "Well, I didn't really know if I could, but I just <laughs> said yes." And and uh, that's how I started. So I and and you know started there, and uh, it was visual effects and and all this sort of thing. And and I realised I just had a love, well, that I had a visual side too, and that um, being in film and television meant I could m merge the two. Right. Um, and the funny thing is that. Uh, as a 23 year old so I started when I was 19 yeah. I'd only been in for three years um, and I got cancelled at 23 years old now we'd say cancelled now at that time there was no sort of term for it necessarily but um, when when people the higher-ups in my company they were trying to partner us mm -hmm. um, uh, I was a junior so they partner, partner you with a senior and, and you work your way through uh, and when this senior executive uh, worked out that I believed in God, uh, the next day I was fighting for my job. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. And I wasn't a Christian. What? I wasn't a Christian or anything at that point. Uh, what year it's, was that? It was 2001. Wow. Mm. Wow. That's, yeah. that's profound. Yeah. And it's only, you know, now that people are being cancelled out of Hollywood and we're dealing with what we're dealing with. But I went, hang on, mm -hmm. I was cancelled at 23 years old wow. because I said I believed in God. Pardon? I said you started the trend. <laughs> I, yeah, well, I think it was actually, I think it was just, it was the, it's the hallmark of my career. I think it's just, this is what I'm called to, to the battle that I'm called to be a part of. So that brings us to today, mm. right, and, and what you guys are doing. So let's talk a little bit about that, um, the, the mission that you have, what you formed, because I think it's fascinating. Mm. Um, and, and when I heard about what you're doing, I was actually quite surprised. Um, I wouldn't necessarily associate an organization like what you put together mm. in the entertainment or the, or the Hollywood entity, as you've called it. Mm. Um, so tell us a little bit about the work that you guys are doing now, and then we can talk about why it's so critically important. Mm. Are you talking about Hollywood for Freedom? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, someone can talk to this too, but Hollywood for Freedom... Uh, we're all sitting at home. Uh -huh. Hollywood is shut down. Um, I don't know about Simone, but I was sitting there wondering what on earth the world had come to, and it was very depressing. And um, uh, that was the point that Simone and I started to work together because we 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 found we were both you know had ideas for projects, and right. and I wasn't planning on going back to Fox because. Um, I already knew what it was like. I'd already been cancelled from the age of 23. I already knew what it was like for someone like me in the industry. And 
I was already coming to Hollywood and kind of starting again. I had to sort of start at the bottom and, and start to work my way up. And I'd sort of, I'd, in five years, I'd, I was able to sort of touch associate producer on scripted television. And then that's as far as I got. And then the pandemic hit. So um, I, I already knew right early in 2020 that there was a good chance I wasn't going to be going back after were, this. Were you guys all furloughed? Is that how it works in, in, your, in the entertainment business? You get furloughed? Or was, you, how did that work? Well, yours is different than what, what we experienced, my husband and I, because um, I think that Fox shut down, right? You were working at 20th Century Fox, yep. and that studio shut down. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I was, at the time, I was finishing up writing a book, a, a memoir, and which had always been on my, uh, that was, you know, before the pandemic, I'm like, I'm gonna finish it, you know, by this time, this date, you know, it was finished and, was finished and published in January, 2020. And so I was starting on marketing of that, but that was sort of, you know, again, sort of like living life and not only doing the same thing and um, I needed to do that. And so I was working on building a, a marketing plan and potential speaking circuit uh, about my book and, uh, the pandemic hit. My husband and I we met on we met on a show called Boston Legal back in two thousand eight, and uh, he was a crew member mm -hmm. and I was an actress. And uh, wasn't supposed to hit on me, but he did <laughs> over cookies at the craft service table. And um, we so we he's he was working uh, on a show, uh, a Fox show actually. They were working. They they didn't realize it, but they were working sort of like right next. The stages right next to each other. Yeah. And um, that show I believe shut down, or maybe it was they had just wrapped, okay. and then that's when Hollywood shut down. And so my husband had to. He actually had to have knee surgery. So he went right on disability. That was actually like. The grace of God, right there, because a lot of people uh, didn't have that kind of income, you know, moving into sure. the pandemic. But we uh, we met the Glovers at church, mm -hmm. and so we were in relationship. And I think just over the course of there weren't that many people that we know of that were really. I think what happened in Hollywood, and when I say Hollywood again, I mean the entity. But people who work in the film film and television business were it's sort of the the dividing lines sort of started to be drawn at that point right yeah. so who was going to meet in big groups and homes and who wasn't and you know it was just like and and there were we were going to a church and then some people left the church because it had started meeting again and all of these things so we were like trying to work out we were trying to work out what was happening and we knew something was changing all of us knew something was changing so when we got to um I think it was September 2021, and I know that's a big flash forward because we're in 2022. Yeah. My gosh, these three years have gone so crazy fast. But but Hollywood was up and running. But so so the vaccine mandate was just starting to be introduced and rolled out, right? Or the talk of it, and we knew that this was not going to fly with you know certain people that we knew and a small group. And we started meeting in in a in a home and started talking about what we were going to do. And so we realized and worked out that the only way through this was going to be creating new projects or a new way for crew members and cast members mm -hmm. to work without having to submit to the crazy Hollywood mandates. So that's where it started. Like we're all out of work, right? We don't want to comply to this and we need to create content. All of the while, 
people were waking up. And Tim and I have talked quite a bit about this, but there is a, we call it sort of like a great awakening or, you know, this, this, this idea of, you know, the Reformation back in the 16th century of like where, you know, the Catholic Church was filled with rules and regulations and craziness and sort of people started sort of waking up. There's this big reformation that happened where people started to come out from the rules and regulations of the Catholic Church into somewhat, you know, freedom, right? Mm -hmm. And so there is that sense of sort of like we're awakening from these rules and regulations that we have been forced to comply with mm -hmm. for years. I mean, way before the mandates. And and Tim's, Tim was canceled for... Uh, for you know believing in God I was canceled uh, from a TV show forever working again because I was pulled into the executive producer creator executive producer and star of a television show pulled into his trailer and he pulled me close to him and he you know went in to kiss me and I was like and I took off and I was never, I was never, mm -mm, no, I was never on the show again. So, so, so really this idea of being canceled in Hollywood or being under their mandates or required to do what they tell you to do, I call it sort of the new casting couch that, that, you know, used to be, or probably still is, you know, there's a, there's that kind of real casting couch, but there's also the casting couch now of if you don't take the vaccine, you won't work. If you don't comply with our rules and regulations, you will not uh, advance. So we, it's been, it's, it's not just creating new productions, it's coming out from underneath this whole structure mm -hmm. that people have been li almost, and I say literally because my husband's a crew member, literally living in slavery for years. And that is, I, it sounds really dramatic, but when you, you look at how they're treated and you look at the amount of work that they're expected to do and literally like my husband will come home with like bloody fingers and limping and it's just, you know, it's par for the course. It's late hours, it's um, abuse, it's verbal abuse. and so, so what you're doing seems incredibly revolutionary, um, even outside the context and the confines of just addressing COVID-19. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so tell me how you guys are having conversations. How did you get to a point where you said, we need to come together and we need to form a group where we are to a point where we can actually have kind of, to your point, a, a separate, um, a separate way that is outside of the Hollywood entity or Hollywood machine mm. where we can engage in, in entertainment, yeah. quality entertainment, people are treated fairly, you're not segregated based on whether or not you're vaccinated or unvaccinated. And I'd love to talk, by the way, about stuff that you saw with regard to that, you know, mm -hmm. how people were treated vaccinated versus unvaccinated. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I mean, I came to the US with that in mind. I, you know, um, it was just that when, when the pandemic hit, it was like, okay, now it's now or never. Right. Because I, I came, I was actually given an opportunity to work at Fox by a Fox executive who had worked, who was a, an old time Republican, you know, conservative guy yeah. who worked in the boardroom, you know, up in the upper echelons of, of 20th Century Fox. And I can't, I won't say names or anything. Sure. Um, who, um, who had been trying from his vantage point mm -hmm. to influence the, the type of uh, content that was being made over his career and was largely unsuccessful and and 
Um, so he was, I mean, the best thing I think he felt he could do was to just bring in people that had a similar worldview. And so when we met, uh, we connected on that. And he, and he literally <laughs> sponsored me to come over, over from Australia, you know, oh, wow. to, to start. And to, he, he got me an opportunity to work at Fox, and that's how I started. So when the, when the pandemic hit and all this stuff happened, I mean, it felt like we had no, I had no, cho- we had no choice. You know, we had to start to do something right. because we were, we were just sitting at home and really our, our careers were pretty much on the rocks, you know. Right, so, right. Um, so then, you know, it was just a process of, of working out, okay, with what we have, what can we do? What are the, what are the resources we have mm-hmm. um, and how do we build from there? You know, and it was at that point that, I mean, we started to um, uh, develop some projects, but uh, through those projects, as people started to hear what we were doing, and people were panicking, not, not you know, getting laid off and, and all this stuff, um, uh, we, we started to realise that there, were, there, was an, there was something that we needed to do, um, that there were people that were losing their livelihoods, that were in... in you know, serious situations, um, and w- we didn't know what to do. So it takes years to develop content, sure, yeah. um, and definitely when you're starting from uh, uh, from scratch, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, yeah. you're you're starting from scratch. So I mean, it takes a long time. So we knew we couldn't do it, anything straight away. Mm-hmm. We couldn't just employ everybody. Mm-hmm. So we um, we just started to gather. We, we, we got a group of people. There was probably 10 or 12 people initially in Burbank that got mm-hmm. together one afternoon, mm-hmm. uh, probably a Sunday afternoon. And we got together and we met and we talked right. and we thought, OK, what, what, what do we do from here? And we just started to meet on a weekly basis. And that was the beginning of Hollywood for Freedom. And I love that name, Hollywood for Freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's interesting to me, I think that um, and we discuss this amongst ourselves, but I really do think that people in the entertainment space have a unique ability to influence the general populace. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and you know, I'm thinking back on you know early on when the vaccines first started getting deployed into the human population, and some of the mechanisms that were used to convince the general populace that this was the right way to go. You know, given the fact that that. We have a virus that actually had um, a lot lower impact to society than, than the mainstream media will have you believe. Mm-hmm. We know that children are not vectors of transmission. We know that um, you know if you're not in an age group and, a, and you know, have multiple comorbidities, you're for the most part fine. We also know that, that there were some, some specific protocols that were being used early on that actually led to a dire outcome for um, a lot of people that ended up passing away of COVID. Yeah. So so what was fascinating was then all of a sudden you, you have this this vaccine and it's quite evident to everyone that the vaccine was under an emergency use authorization, did not have all of the clinical studies. Mm. I didn't even need to wait to hear the Pfizer and, and, and Moderna documents come out to know that we did not have enough data behind this and trials behind it. Mm-hmm. But yet the entertainment industry was actually used as a tool and a mechanism by the, the government to convince yeah. someone, and I'll use the word, coerce the American public mm-hmm. to go out and sign up for these vaccines. I mean, I remember, um, gosh, I remember seeing a young actress, I forget what her name is, but um, you know, she was brought in early on into the White House and promoting the, promoting the vaccines, and you'd see C- 
singers and mm -hmm. you know a lot of people in the entertainment industry were used as a tool to drive to drive the sure. seat. So I think it's amazing, you know, Hollywood for Freedom. That's I love I love the name, mm. and I love that you're you're interested in the true spirit of, of what this country was founded on, mm -hmm. um, and not being used as a tool for the government to drive a specific narrative. So yeah, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, we've seen without going into another this would be a whole other podcast, but the government <laughs> has been involved in Hollywood for years and years and years. Decades. You go back to the sixties and you mm -hmm. can you do your research and yep. you know, you can learn that the CIA was involved in, in grooming a lot of the, the young actresses. So it's it's nothing new and, and also the musicians as well. Sure. Um, yep. it, it's it's there's nothing new on that front. Mm -hmm. But the question for us has not only to has been not only to take back the narrative of COVID nineteen sort of propaganda mm -hmm. or you know how bad the virus is and that you should get right. the vaccine and all of the things, but I think it speaks to a greater issue of taking back Hollywood in general. So that means let's be honest, Anne Boleyn was not black, okay? Like there's, I mean, we, we, we look at some of what, what they're putting out. It's really nice, I, I, it's really nice that you're hiring a, a black actress, but right. Anne Boleyn is, it was not black. Right. And don't twist history to say just because you're trying to fill a mandate for minorities mm -hmm. and their skin color within film and television that you can tell me otherwise. So it's 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 really what what Hollywood's done, and and I feel like they've pressed the acceleration button in the last two three years because what you're watching on these shows. I mean, take Cuties as an example. It was a Netflix show that had these really young girls scantily oh, clad and you know you know thrive whatever you call it, gyrating around, and it was disgusting. And, and I think, so, and I actually think Netflix saw some backlash. They that. did, they yeah. did, and they've lost. They've, they've lost. Their stock has gone down tremendously since putting the, some of the stuff out because America is getting to a breaking point where mm -hmm. we're sick of it. So it's really how do we how do we take back the narrative and start telling stories about truth and light and hope and really if you look at the Oscar winners I, I mean the Oscar winners from the 70s or the 80s or even some of the early 90s like they were good stories they were beautiful stories and you didn't necessarily feel like you were hit with like a like a, a spray gun of propaganda right and you just felt icky afterwards it was these were beautiful stories how do we get to back to telling beautiful stories heartwarming stories truth and light and and but but we take the propaganda out of it and the hollywood for freedom name came from well it was it was a sort of a, an offshoot if you will of there was there were all of these groups that were getting fired for for not taking the vaccine back in October, I want to say October, November, 2021. Mm -hmm. So there were nurses for there was nurses for freedom. There were fire there was firefighters yes. for freedom, and nobody was telling the Hollywood story about what what we were going through of of people not actually one of the the core founders of Hollywood for Freedom a few weeks after we started meeting was fired. He was hired, and then he showed up for his wardrobe fitting and the 
ward, the stylist said, where's your vac- vaccination card? And he said, I don't have one. I wasn't hired being vaccinated. And then literally um, he, he, they replaced him. And so that wasn't even a condition of him being hired. So, so this was the story that the, the, the nurses and the doctors and the, the, the firefighters and the first responders were all getting hit, but nobody was talking about Hollywood. And there was such a, a crazy amount of Hollywood, Hollywood people who were coerced into taking the vaccine and having side effects from it but they literally also felt that their job was on the line. So we wanted to start telling that story. Okay. And, and an Instagram was started and we had our first couple events where we just said, hey, everybody come and hang out, like-minded. It's not, you know, it's not far right, it's not far left. It's just sort of like we wanna love each other. And we had like 350 people show up. I mean, just flooding this place in Van Nuys in the Valley in Los Angeles and it like overflowing of, you know, people from all walks of life. I mean, literally all um, ethnicities and old, young, you know, gay, straight. Like it was amazing. And and I would, I would, when I would speak at these events, I would say, "Wow, I look across this sea of people who are coming together because we're choosing not to get vaccinated." I think. You know, Hollywood has nothing on this diversity. They think they're diverse and they're mandating diversity, which is a whole other aspect. But this is beautiful right here. So, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no, it's fascinating to me. And no no pun intended, but it seems like it's just incredibly theatrical Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the sense that, you know, even if you're vaccinated, you can still acquire and transmit the virus. So Mm. um, the fact that they are, much like every other area of life, but the fact that they're making um, people in the entertainment industry vaccinated and prove your vaccine status in yeah. order to have um, you know in order to have jobs and the fact that they're willing to fire you which is also really interesting to me because um, how do I articulate this if in the corporate environment let's say that you have someone who's a project manager I'm just coming up with a role um, there are probably hundreds of resumes that you could go through and, and should your project manager quit you could you could probably in a fairly easy time frame, um, replace that individual. But I would imagine, you know, you're an actor or an actress on on a movie, and they terminate someone for their vaccine status. How does that How does that even work? Mm-hmm. Oh, we've always been dispensable. I think. I mean, that's. I mean, they didn't think twice about telling me where to go when I was 23, and, yeah. and that's just been the way it is. Ben Shapiro writes a book. He, he wrote a book called uh, Primetime Propaganda, and mm-hmm. it's about his his journey in the early days of uh, being cancelled himself when he uh, in Hollywood. He he wrote. He was a write, He he can write, mm-hmm. you know, and so um, uh, he, so he t- he did a, a bit of a an undercover uh, bit of undercover journalism himself, mm-hmm. and and spoke to a, a whole hundred producers in Hollywood mm-hmm. to get, you know, he wore his, his Harvard hat, law hat, you know, and mm-hmm. went in like he's doing a project and mm-hmm. interviewed all these people um, about, you know, just to really get the truth on what their what their worldview is and, sure. and the kind of decisions that they were making. And so, um, so he experienced it, mm-hmm. we've all experienced it, and, um, and for, for them, it's, that's a no-brainer. They they do that on for much for other things as well. I mean, they would do that, you know, for all kinds of things. You it's know, amazing. But 
But what I think is, is so important about what you're doing is this idea that you will be able to tell stories and create content in, in, a, in the freest sense. It's totally unencumbered from mm -hmm. whatever narratives are plaguing society right now um, and whatever expectations. And I think that there, that's critically important in terms of healing this country, yeah. right? You've got to have that. It's, it's as sacred as, um, you know, right now in California, we have AB 2098. It's looking like it's probably going to pass. Mm -hmm. um, and I've spoken a lot about it on the podcast, but just, just um, for sake of this conversation, I'll, I'll summarize that, that basically it pretty much states that if you're a doctor and you um, recommend against the COVID-19 vaccine for your patient, that you essentially could potentially lose your license. Yeah. So what that does is it obviously erodes at the doctor-patient relationship. Mm -hmm. You can no, no, no longer have trust and confidence that when you're having conversation yeah. with your doctor that your doctor is actually guided by the principles of medicine and, and their training rather they're guided by whatever whatever lane they have to stay in mm -hmm. that's being dictated by the government and the pharmaceutical companies right so similarly right now the content that we're seeing is guided by governmental narratives um, probably I would imagine in some way also pharmaceutical narratives sure um, and so what you're talking about doing is really breaking the mold and restoring trust and that the content that people are seeing is not um, handcuffed by these these entities that are you know forcing their narratives and agendas mm -hmm. on messaging and censorship mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I mean it's I mean I think we're really taking back the arts over, over that I mean not us taking over the mm -hmm. arts we, but I think um, we need to come back to what is true and we need to um, see genuine art produced that is not that is I mean we're, you know we've all uh, I've grown tired of the the kind of music that is being produced and these I mean it's all just contrived it's all um, it's all just about money and, right. and these sort of things and, and you grow out of that I mean you you know as you, as you get older and become a, a parent and uh, these sort of things yeah. um, so you know I, I think I think we need to return back to genuine art again right you know yeah, and, and art, look that is the that. exciting we are in an see we are in, in an exciting era mm -hmm. because for for up until recently um, television and film had a very high bar mm -hmm. for people to right. enter. You know, you, you needed to own a network or you needed to, you know, be able to have access to the film cameras or whatever. The, high, the bar was very high. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, you can do your research there. I mean, the government was, it was handing out licenses to very select people, the, the licensing and all right. these sort of things. Mm -hmm. So now all of that all, the walls have come down all, mm -hmm. all of that the digital landscape has has basically is re-engineering reformulating the whole so but where Hollywood really is just trying to continue on the old mandate to say oh no it's still us sure. we still hold we are still the gatekeepers mm -hmm. we still hold the the power here mm -hmm. when really um, the power has shifted and they don't have the power that they used to have mm -hmm. and and that's why they're trying to hold it and shut sure. it down because they know that they've lost it if the truth is known um, they don't have anywhere near the power that they used to have mm 
um, because of the digital landscape and all these other networks of platforms are popping up and they're just Mm -hmm. trying to whack them whack them down and buy them over or do whatever they can you know to hold on Yeah. earlier today when um, we were getting caught up that was sharing about red, white, and blueprint. And yep. I mean, you have, here you have this really novel concept of mm-hmm. putting together a documentary, eight series, you know, eight episode series and on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And yep. um, I was watching it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was super captivating. Mm-hmm. And to your point, I think at one point, one of the, one of the comments or something, or one of the clips got like 30, 30 million views or something. And mm-hmm. it's, that's a really good example of yep. what you were just talking yep. about. Yeah. So, um, but that's a good thing, yeah. I think, right? You, you need to have yep. these people on notice yep. that um, things are changing. Yeah. 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 We, it was very evident for me coming to Hollywood that um, um, there's very few people that have our worldview that own anything in mm-hmm. Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So, um, you've got all these people, well-meaning Christians or you know, freedom-loving people that are just trying to make their way in Hollywood, and right. and they're being kept out or kept at bay or mm-hmm. kept poor and all these sort of things. Um, and it's what we need to now. What we've realised is we need to start building our our own entities, right. um, because you know, I mean, we can grab a camera, I can make a documentary. Sure, a, it's, a teenager can go and do that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But but it's not necessarily going to compete with with the global culture. Right. It's right. not going to change the global culture as it stands right mm-hmm. now. We've moved too far down that path yeah. mm-hmm. to really do that. So we need to do that. So but to do that we need to build large organizations. Do you guys think this is just a question that kind of I've been Yeah. Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. It got terrible ratings. Maybe. Sure. So, yep. I mean, and I always feel like that might be an indicator that people, oh, people are, are switching off Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's because yeah. it's because it's woke. <laughs> I mean, that yeah. we use, I if that term is getting old, I don't know what else to I know. use. But I, know. <laughs> I mean, it's like if you think of like, you know, a movie like Maverick, which unfortunately I haven't seen yet, mm-hmm. but from what I understand, it's very like Americana. Uh, you know, alpha male, you know, it doesn't have that sort of, you've seen it, yep. that, but doesn't have that woke sort of thread where, you know, people can just go to the movies again and, and, and feel like, wow, you know, it used to be okay to feel awesome about being an American, like it just did. And and now it's like, if you're, an, if you feel like you love your country, you're a Trumper or you're far right or you're an extremist or we're probably on the terrorist watch list or whatever just because we love our country. I mean, I'm sorry, but I was just in Europe a few months ago and, you know, people love their countries. They do. Go to the Middle East. People love being Iraqi. They love being Irani. They love being Israeli. Like, it's not bad to love being, you know, in your country. And and that's a whole other conversation, you know, other sidebar of conversation of Tim obviously being from Australia. That's his, you know, with his, obviously his accent, you know. But the thing is, too, that, you know, what Tim's talking about building, what, what he's talking about building, there is, right now, we literally are at the forefront, like, chipping away at building this new path. Because 
we not only have to build, we, we not only have to develop and create content, we have to find a place to distribute it right now, for example, for where people are gonna watch it. So right. let's That's just say, you know, we, 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 <laughs> I joke and I, I made this up and it just becomes a regular in conversation that we are making content that is for everyone right of the far left. So if the far left are just like off the deep end, like I've gotten like Like four boosters and I'm still wearing a mask and I've had COVID four times and I also am letting my kid be whatever it wants, whatever day of the week, just all of the things, right? So everybody's sort of right of that, you know, that that I think America is hungry for that, that they're turning off woke, you know, the box office is showing that people Mm -hmm. are not, that Maverick was a smash hit and She-Hulk or I don't even know what it is because I don't care, but (laughs) She-Hulk, She-Hulk or whatever is not doing well, which doesn't surprise me because I'm not even... uh, Well, this was the whole message that um, my Fox executive was sitting in the boardroom trying to say, hey, guys, you know, this stuff is not... It's not going to sell. Yeah, it's not going to sell. I don't know why. And they they would see something like... um, the Bible series, or some of those, um, or you know, uh, the Passion of the Christ, or one of, the, and they they're sitting in the boardroom going, ah, oh, it's just a you know, it's just a one-off kind of thing. And then I think the Bible series came out. That was um, who did the Bible series? It was, it was um, um, uh, Mark Burnett. Da- Ro- Mark Roma, Burnett. Da- Roma Downey and Mark Burnett. Right. Married. So, um, so the Bible series did you know just it it won the ratings first yeah. week smash the ratings the second week, third week, and he's sitting there going, guys, can you see there is a market for this stuff? Right. People in America want to see this shows, TV, movies with this worldview. I mean, mm-hmm. but what he realized and what we connected over was that this is not a business decision for them. Yeah. It's an ideological decision. It's not a business. If it was a business decision, and there, are, he's not... The only one, only one, there's a group called Movie Guide and uh, Ted Bear, uh, I've been friends with him for a long time, known him for a long time from Australia days. And um, he, his, whole, his whole mission is to try and build a case through the data. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he releases a book every year to, and presents it to Hollywood to say, this is the data. It, um, movies and television with a biblical worldview far outsell movies and television that don't have a biblical worldview. And it's in the data. You, it is proven time and time again. These, sure. these movies and TV outperform anything else. Sure. So they know the numbers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm working on Fox shows and if they get a million people, that's a good, they're good ratings right now, right? Mm-hmm. In, in the 90s, it was 20, 30 million was a good right. success. Well,
you know, you look at it and you go, okay, what are what is something in society that, that's going to change society, mm-hmm. right? That's going to mm-hmm. change the trajectory of the course that we're on or course correct. Mm-hmm. It really is what you guys are talking about mm-hmm. more so than just about anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I live in a world of, you know, grassroots organizations and pulling together the, these organizations to speak in a unified voice. And that's all good. Mm-hmm. But when you really dig down and you say, what is going to change a society? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what you guys are talking about. Yeah. Yeah, because people, you know, they they might listen to you for an hour and then they listen, right. they go and no listen, to f- listen to me for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then but then for the, for the other 40 hours of the week, they're, mm-hmm. they're listening to all the other stuff, you know, and that's being right. indoctrinated and they don't even know it. Right. You know? The yeah. other thing that I wanted to say, you know, going off to what Tim was saying about the biblical worldview is, is really it's about morals. Really it's about, you know, it's, it's especially in California, we're living in, where crime is being allowed at an, at an unbelievable, it's, unbelievable it's, rate. Yes. And so what, my, you know, what I joke, which is true, it's not funny, but it is funny, is that the progressive left, so, you know, the, the, what I call the crazies, um, it's, it's, if you have morals, you're far right. Mm-hmm. If you don't want your kids to watch drag queens on stripper poles, right. you, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. And where did, how did we get right. here in such a short amount of time? And I, I believe that the pandemic really accelerated that because oh, they had absolutely. kids locked at home sure. and online and all of these things. And so there was this just this, I mean, because in 2015, I don't remember seeing viral videos of drag queens on stripper poles yeah. or drag yeah. queen story hour or any. I mean, this has just really accelerated in the last seven years. And so, you know, circling back to what you had asked before in terms of like this building, building out what needs to be built out is it can't just be done with, you know, one production company or two production companies or Daily Wire can't carry. Right. the whole brunt of this there has to be there there has to be people coming forward to say we are going to pioneer in this space mm-hmm. and we are going to lock arms and and we are not going to be competitive with each other we are going to help each other and we are going to um, pro- we are going to use our resources and share our resources and move forward because what what needs what needs to happen is as you know money money needs to come in sure. and so Typically, what we've been seeing, and I know that you know people like Dinesh D'Souza has has been very successful right. in his documentaries, and so so there is money trickling in, but the kind of money that brings us to the level of excellence that Hollywood is, where Hollywood is after all of these years, and for for people like Tim and I coming from our backgrounds, where it's the best of the best, it's not like student films or independent right. films. We it requires a lot of money, so it's pioneering in the area of money and distribution. Where where this where these shows are going to go, where this film is going to go, and 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 also the other thing too is pulling together a cast and crew. One of the things that we've been able to do, and I'm even this week producing a commercial where I think there are 20 crew members, and five of them are unvaccinated, like purposefully. I mean, at least that I know of purposely that we've hired and maybe it's a little bit reverse discrimination but because the unvaccinated have not had a fair shake Mm -hmm. in the last couple of years in terms of being hired I want to give the job to that person right okay 
the person needs to have a good resume. I can't pull in her like rinky dink, you know, Joe Schmo. But I would, if if the resumes stand, I'm going to pick the unvaccinated person. And, you know, I mean, you can call me out for medical discrimination, but I've just seen what this mandate has done to Hollywood and what it's doing to people. And these, they need money. I mean, they're leaving the business in droves. Well, I mean, I think, yeah, I I think that's that's one segment or a way to highlight everything that's happening right in this world in terms of people being discriminated against. Mm -hmm. And we could probably talk for a whole separate podcast about what we're seeing in the academic environment in terms of children being discriminated against. I mean, we have kids that weren't able to attend prom, kids that didn't get to walk at their high school graduation ceremonies, and the list goes on. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I shared with you earlier, Nicole Pearson's got clients that were sent to school and without their parent knowledge or consent they were vaccinated and now they're vaccine injured and that's something the parent that that family will live with for the rest of their lives Mm -hmm. so i I agree i mean i think there's got to be a way to almost reward people that have taken the brave step Mm -hmm. of saying look we're not going to go along to get along um we're going to do what i believe is 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 the american spirit we're going to we're going to critically think Mm -hmm. We're, we're going to um, say that if this is not something that's in concert with my beliefs, it doesn't make any sense. And you know, I we talked about this, but I always question. It's it's amazing to me, like how many people have gone along in this country, and it's so glaringly obvious. Um, even people that have somewhat bought into very early on what was going on, and you know, I think now they can even. Even if I get vaccinated, I can still acquire and transmit the virus. Yeah. So, what is what is the push, right? And of course, we're now seeing tons of data and science mm-hmm. around the dire consequences. We're seeing a tremendous amount of people that are vaccine injured. I know you said that there are people in Hollywood that have gotten vaccinated, and now they're suffering with a vaccine injury, and they're mm-hmm. probably very very quiet about it. We're mm-hmm. seeing in the airline community, which again is a, probably a whole separate podcast on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I really am thrilled that you guys are doing what you're doing. I'm fascinated. I think it's going to be one of the most important experiments and I and I and I really do think it'll be a, a successful one mm-hmm. because the our society needs this. Mm-hmm. We need to change what's happening. There's so mm-hmm. much censorship um, and there's so much uh, propaganda like you said you just feel like you're, you're blasted with propaganda every time you turn on the TV. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care if you turn on Netflix or Hulu or or YouTube or any of the others um, to just regular mainstream TV and mm-hmm. commercials. Everything you see is agenda driven. It's been it's been a long time since we've just turned on any any form of media. Yeah. And just seen quality content. Yeah. I was watching. There is there's another show. I'm seeing sort of trickles of it. Yeah. Uh, I was watching the terminal list with my husband, which has Chris Pratt in it, I and saw it. yeah, and so it was a binge watcher, right? Yes. It's a binge watcher, and but if you'll notice, and, and I don't know how, how much of the audience knows this, but it's a little little known sort of fact in Hollywood, or a little yeah, little known fact that there is a diversity quota now in casting and and crew, and um, that the the casting for me in that was. Uh, uh, let's just say very it was very diverse and we noticed that it was more it was more diverse than normally is which is fine 
but this is I think because you know when you're in the industry and you've been in it for a long time you see the little nuances of change and because my husband is a grip and he does lighting and camera work and he has lost out because of this diversity quota he has lost out to less qualified people people who don't have as much experience as he does because they had a darker skin shade and so that is also something so so yes it's like you're watching this like really exciting sort of alpha male you know movie right (laughs) but there's also it's a it's a hard to miss thing and maybe the vast majority of middle america Mm -hmm. doesn't see it because we we know that there's a diversity mandate but that i see that and I think that that's, I mean, that's a hard thing because obviously I want diversity, but I don't want it to be forced. If someone's qualified, then they're qualified, but they're not qualified by their skin color any more than someone who's white or someone who's black or someone who's Hispanic or whatever. And I think that, you know, we have in Hollywood for Freedom a whole mix of, of people who are just, you know, across the board diversity, right? Sure. Who are sick of being used as a an example of the uh, for by the by the far left as like, oh look, you know, this is you know, this is a, an African, and we have a friend who Siaka Masakoy, who's um, a le- like legitimately African, like legitimate African American is his his parents, him. yeah, his parents are, came from Africa and. Uh-huh. Uh, so he he runs circles around you know people who say that they're African American because he really is sure. you know African American but but really really dynamic uh, personalities like that who who have stepped out of sort of the shadows in this pandemic that's one of the things the beautiful things too about what we're doing and, and who we who we've reached out to to cast and work with is there's this whole crop of talented people who are making themselves known on TikTok, which is then going to Instagram, which is then going, and every the, all these amazing sort of conservative funny people are, um, are really making the rounds now. So a woman named Rachel Maria, who does these amazing uh, Nancy Pelosi, like Jen Psaki impressions, and uh, a guy named Ross DeBoss, who just, you know, just started in his, his house, in his, uh, his family room and just took whatever his wife had like wigs or whatever and and prime time steen we were talking about this guy who goes to city council meetings and it just did you know just sang a fauci song at a Uh city council meeting somewhere i think in texas or something i mean just like these hysterical babylon b is awesome because they tell the truth in such a such a witty i mean a smart way i mean you have to be you have to know some things to get their humor. Like sure. we send it back all the time. I send him the Babylon B stuff all the time because yeah. I know he's like one of the few who's really gonna get the joke, you know? Well, and I think that you brought up a really good point. I mean, levity in all of this is so important and, and actually so healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, What if you if you guys can talk a little bit about it, do you guys have any projects right now that you're working on? And, and yeah. yeah, let's we can talk about that and maybe also what product, what projects would be ideal for you? What do you think would be mm-hmm. fun? Well, you know, the first projects that we, one of the first projects we, we started working on was, was a comedy because mm-hmm. I'd worked in comedy at Fox yeah. um, and I was depressed, you know, through the pandemic 2020 and uh-huh. needing something to watch that 
I would, I would have preferred something to watch that I could watch with my family and laugh, but, sure. but I, was, I was willing to settle for at least something I could watch mm-hmm. uh, and laugh. And, and really, there was just nothing that I was that happy with um, watching. And so, uh, you know, I, I think comedy is super important. Um, it's, it's one of the best ways to bypass the mind and reach the heart is a good laugh, you know. And uh, that's been off limits as far as the, the left is concerned. They're not funny anymore and they're, they're so um, religious about their, indoc- you know, their doctrine that you can only do a, you can only laugh at very few right. things, mm-hmm. you know. And so we, we're embarking on, on comedy. We, um, we have Roster Boss, who we're creating a show called Almost Cancelled. And it's a, it's a show about a conservative... Uh, well, it's, a, it's a pretty much him, right? Uh-huh. It's, it's a, a, a conservative pundit who's making a show in his basement or his bedroom, um, uh, trying to navigate the, the woke media landscape and uh-huh. not get cancelled. But he's just getting cancelled all the time and just restarting <laughs> again, cancelled. you know. Yeah. Um, such a, it's just I a true that's story. Gonna be, uh, that's going to be a really um, huge hit, I yeah. think. I yeah. mean, if we can't laugh at it, because it's, right. it's like, what is it? Um, uh, art imitating life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah. uh, how, how will it, uh, what, well, can you talk about when it's going to be released? And if so, well, um, how can people see it? Uh, well, look, we, you know, it's the million dollar question where they can <laughs> see it. Yeah. Um, we're having to forge our path. And like I was saying to you earlier, you know, development for us in this time is slow. Um, finding, you know, um, we're not at a place where we can, you know, pass the napkin across the table with a show idea and they go, yeah, okay, go and do it. Mm-hmm. We need to, to get the kind of finance we need yeah. to, to operate at the level that we need to operate in to compete on the global mainstream culture. Yeah. Um, we need investors that are willing to get involved um, but investors uh, are just are, are not. We need to bring them up to speed. They they need to be listening to this podcast sure. now. Yeah. They need to be understanding what we're doing and why we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Because um, currently they're not up to speed. Right. Currently at most they're they're putting money behind the pundit, you know, or the the Ben Shapiro's of the world, or these sort of or the Dinesh Tassouzas kind of, you know, these sort of guys. Or um, what's interesting, I'm hearing also there's a lot of people that are investing in developing new media platforms, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which I think is very, very important. Yes. But also, once you have the platform, you gotta have the content. Yes. Well, and see, that's the problem because, it, well, it's very, this is this is what happens. It's, building a platform is tangible. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can say, all right, I'm gonna get my developers together and they're gonna, and, and they're gonna you know, um, businessmen tend to understand that landscape because right. they do it themselves in their own business, whether mm-hmm. it's marketing or they build a mm-hmm. website or these sort of things. That that makes sense. What mm-hmm. what they struggle with is the creative realm. They struggle with the idea that um, an idea can fail, right. or uh, an idea uh, is dependent on sure. on your your key team. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, the arts the arts is such an Ethereal. It's a. It's a. Sure. It's, it's it's hard to pin down. Well, entertainment is an art, right? It's not a science. Yeah, that's it's right. Not linear. It's not. You know, there's there's the equation of plug it in. And right. So. Right. And so it's it's we're at a place where we need that yeah. backing. Yeah. So we're building our structures. You know, we're getting our things in place so mm-hmm. that we can um, handle the kind of finance that we need to handle and handle the kind of personnel that we need to bring on board and. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and we want to do it better than Hollywood does it. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we want to reform the business of Hollywood, not just the art, artistic mm -hmm. side of Hollywood. Mm -hmm. um, it's not just, it's the whole thing that needs to be reformed. Yeah. And so uh, we want to look after our artists, the, 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 the abused artist that has been kept poor um, for so long. And so we're, we need to start there. Um, sure. And so that's, that's a lot, kind of a long journey. Um, yeah. um, so getting back to the platform, yeah, people are building lots of platforms at the moment. Um, I worked for a platform before I came to the US. I had uh, a contract for two years. Um, uh, a, a billionaire from the UK was building a platform. Um, and look, it's just tough because they would put all this money into the infrastructure of the platform mm -hmm. and the creatives are sitting there in their little with their little, you know, digital cameras going, can we have a budget for our production, please? Sure. And they're like, no, can you, how's $20,000, right. you know? Right. Because um, if, you, if you have something, right, if you, if you had like, and I'm going to use this analogy, but if you have Amazon, but you can't buy anything on Amazon, the concept of Amazon is right. That's right. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> And that's why yeah. that's why that's why people need to to raise up in this mm -hmm. space. And you know, um, Tim Tim is the CEO of Godwin Pictures, so he's raising that up. And and I've been sort of you know working with him on developing content. I'm also just embarking on a new venture as well, and I'm partnering with Anthony Tremino, who is oh, running yeah. with running for we're governor. And of Anthony Tremino. Yeah. We yeah. So so his post election. Mm -hmm venture one of his post-election ventures is is raising up in this space too he's been in advertising for years yes. and already telling stories and i think uh, we're all seeing the uh -huh. same landscape yes. right and so we are sort of you know these 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 entities are raising up and 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 we all have to lock arms and work together because it can't, the burden can't just be on Godwin. It can't sure. just be on Daily Wire. It just, it can't be. And I think the more people right now who are like-minded mm -hmm. in, in this space, um, the better. Right. And there's, there are gonna be co-productions, right? You know, if you, you turn on, for, for, those, for those who don't know uh, the, the Hollywood landscape, a lot of production companies come alongside each other and they work on pro productions together and you join forces and are like-minded and move forward. So you may see like five production companies at the beginning of something that you're watching. And so that sort of idea of say, of it can't just be, the, 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 the burden can't just be on one mm -hmm. entity's shoulders. It has to be shared by many. So um, we're really excited. That means more jobs. That means ultimately more jobs. It means more wisdom sharing. You know, for example, like Anthony has been in the advertising space for yeah. years and years and has a lot of resources at mm -hmm. his disposal. So pulling on Anthony's wisdom, pulling on Tim's wisdom from, you know, all the work that he's done, right. pulling on my wisdom. And there are, I mean, this is, this is the surprising thing too, is that there are even Hollywood studio executives who are like wow. secretly messaging us like how can I help what can I do wow, and amazing. and and even so like pe people who are leaving we, we know someone who's left that yeah. who recently in the last month left uh, a, a major studio in Hollywood and said I'm tired of working on working woking woking yeah. <laughs> working on woke content right. or woking well, on content like right <laughs> and um, uh, it was really funny <laughs> she said that 
this is just a, a funny little vignette, but she there was people who were so brainwashed at the studio, and she just thought it was the most hysterical thing to like walk through a hallway and just drop truth bombs everywhere. Like <laughs> like the person's like, oh, I just got my second booster, and she's like, well, you know that causes heart palpitations, don't you? Oh my god! Like, you would just walk through and like. What are you talking about? She's like, yeah, research it on the internet. You'll find it. You know, the most recent Moderna documents, and they came back the next day. Like, oh my god, I did my research, and you know, and but yeah. but people who you know, we I think I think to 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 our point, and I know we have to wrap it up shortly, but but you know, I think that people who have had another viewpoint from Hollywood, so maybe yes. a more conservative, maybe a more moral viewpoint or whatever, that we've thought that we could go in behind enemy lines and change it from within. And I think there's a measure of that, someone like my husband who's who's working constantly, and he is waking, people are waking up because he's sharing truth. But I think what we realized, or what I realized is that I wasn't gonna be able to change it from within. That's just not what I was. I could not go in as one person booked on a job or whatever, changing people's hearts and minds, right? right? So there has to be, in order to employ people, in order to change this company, there has to be uh, these new ventures, these new production companies and studios you you know, know, built. It's, it's a lot like um, a conversation that I actually recently had with Dr. Paul Merrick and Dr. Pierre Corey, who um, founded the FLCCC. I, you know, I asked them, how do you get back to trust in this country as it relates to the medical system? Mm -hmm. And what we've all observed is that I feel like there's this organic parting, and you're going to start seeing two separate medical systems. You're going to have oh, wow. the, you know, the the people that are really in touch with what's going on, that are aware of the vaccine um, concerns, may may or may not be vaccine injured, that are aware of alternate um, options for them. And they're going to be seeking out the the organizations like FLCCC and Dr. Yeah. Pierre Corey has his own practice. So they're seeking out um, places like doctors, uh, Dr. Pierre Corey's uh, practice. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to have the, the just kind of the big box can solutions of Kaiser and Blue Cross Blue Shield, right? So you're going to have yeah. two medical systems. Yeah. Similarly, it, it almost sounds like yeah. we yeah. may be on the cusp of, of, of development of kind of two entertainment. Yeah, I think um, so systems yeah. yeah right and yeah. so it'll be really interesting to see how it all fleshes out yeah. thank you so much for being here uh, for can, before we wrap up how can people follow what you guys are doing so that they can help support you and just keep tabs on the good work that you're doing yeah well you can go to godwinpictures.com that's g-o-d-w-i-n godwin because okay. god will win in right. the end i love that that's great um and we'll link by the way we'll link this in yeah. Um, look, you know, uh, get in touch with us. You know, if there's, if, if for any reason, you know, um, it would be great. We need all the resources. We need all the support we can mm -hmm. get great. to see these shows get up. Yeah, and and I have a website, SimoneAlex.com, which is uh, mainly my acting website, but. People can get in touch with me, Simone at SimoneAlex.com. Also, I'm at The Rugged Girl on Instagram, which oh is God. a private account, uh, The Rugged Girl. <laughs> and uh, you can follow, and if you pass the test, I'll let you. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be let in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, it was it was for very strategic reasons that I kept sure. it private. But you can do that. And, and we... We, we just want to connect with like-minded people. We want to hear 
I would love to hear what people are wanting to see, and uh, be, it's just so great to have the support. We were, we've, I mean, any little bit of support that we've gotten along the way, we've done it. We, you know, did a television interview uh, almost about a year a year ago now, and we got just tons of support and. You know, just people from all over the country. Just hey, how how can we help? And people are hungry yeah. for it. They are. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They really want this content, and they want it for their families. They want it for their own peace of mind, and sure. and we want to sit back and laugh. We want to be entertained as well, and um, and so there's a great need for it, great hunger for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, I'll close on this note. I personally am hungry for it. I mm-hmm. I often watch. Yeah, we do too. Yeah. I think that MASH is one of my favorites. Mm. Um, I love Lucy. Mm-hmm. All of that type of programming. And yeah. I am so ready for good quality content to mm-hmm. come back from mm-hmm. that. So yeah. thank you for what you You're guys welcome. are doing. Thank, thank you so much for mm-hmm. being here. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to stay in touch and see yeah. the progress yeah. that you guys are making. And Unity Project is excited to partner with Hollywood for Freedom. Yes. So great. Yeah. Yes. And, and Godwin Pictures as well. Awesome. Yeah. Thank right, you so much. Okay. So From all of us at the Unity Project, thank you for listening to today's podcast. We hope to continue producing content that amplifies voices, strategies, and resources. Please keep in mind that the Unity Project is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that relies on the contributions of our generous supporters to fuel the work we do in this movement. If you value our efforts, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution today by visiting our website at www.unityproject.com and clicking the donate button. We very much appreciate your continued support and confidence, without which our work wouldn't be possible.